All right. So hello, everyone. Good, good morning, good evening, and good day to you and all, wherever you're from. Today, um, hi again. Welcome back to Global Amateur Podcast with me, Norman Sim, and with me, Salsa here today. Today, our topic is quite um, different from the rest, I would say. Uh, we're looking more into the conflict and COVID-19 issues pertaining to Latin America side, which has not been focused much, especially from other groups as well, and also from us in Global Amateurs Podcast. Today with us, we have our our guest speaker, who is really interesting and also really, you know, uh, really diligent in this type of topic. Uh, his name is Mr. Irwan. Mr. Irwan yeah, has also... Hi there, everyone. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Irwan, yeah, for this you. podcast. Likewise. <laughs> like, <laughs> there from Mr. Irwan. Yeah, Mr. Irwan is also... Um, and next, uh, President of IRSOC, so whoever from IRSOC joining us and listening to our podcast here today, you have your alumni here right now. So if you have anything, do check out Mr. Irwan here, who is also going to be talk- talking about our topic today. So Mr. Yeah. Irwan focuses on a few topics, uh, but his main topic that he focuses here today is about Colombia. And today, that's going to be our main topic. And today, there will be a few questions that will be asked to Mr. Irwan. So... Uh, Thank you very much, Mr. Irwan, for joining us again, and hopefully you enjoy this podcast. Okay. Welcome. Mr. Irwan, can you talk us a bit about the situation like in Colombia right now? Um, I mean, you can give a brief uh, introduction a bit about, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic and how the Colombians are actually uh, trying to manage their, you know, their, their pandemic situation right there. So can you start with that, Mr. Irwan? Well, okay. Basically, uh... Latin America used to be the epicenter of the uh, COVID-19 when uh, the pandemic started in March 2020, uh, all right? Uh, up to today, um, there are 3.2 million cases in Colombia alone with 85,000 deaths, okay? In, Bog- in Bogota only, uh, the death toll is about 18,000. So the new cases on average uh, in Colombia is about 18,000, 18, uh, yeah. The situation is quite bad. Um, this is contributed by a lot of factors. Uh, as you said, we are, as you know, currently uh, the Colombian people are having demonstration, they are protesting against the government and it is one of the major factors in contributing of the uh, the rising numbers of uh, COVID-19 in Colombia. Um, as uh, the world know, the Colombia actually facing a lot of uh, social issues. Okay, at first in the March of 2020, when the COVID-19 uh, uh, broke, okay, uh, the government of Colombia actually did a good job. Okay. Straight, uh, the government decided to uh, enforce lockdown, uh, practice social distancing, everything, but it came with a cost. Okay, um, the government of Colombia actually spent about uh, 700 million US dollars, right, as an assistance uh, for for the for the people who suffered uh, for because of the COVID nineteen. So because of that, um, the Colombian government, especially in the economic sector, is having uh, a very, very uh, major problem. Okay, that's why the uh, the president uh, Colombia, President Duque, decided to to impose the new tax reform to cover back 
all the expenses that uh, the government uh, made during the first wave of the COVID-19. This is actually the reason the why the people of Colombia decided to go out to the street and to protest of the government uh, action. So as I can say, this situation is quite critical and quite bad. And I believe that in the next few months, the numbers will be rising up. Okay, that's the current situation in Colombia, especially in, in, in the capital city of Bogota. Sir Iwan, we yeah. know uh, the increasing case number of COVID-19 mm -hmm. really made the ICUs in Bogota 94%. Even any patients will be transferred by air to other cities. Is there any certain efforts from government to resolve this? Well, um, basically, according to the mayor of Bogota, uh, Madam Lopez, um, they are ready for the what we call it as a crisis as hospital collapse. You know, because um, in Colombia alone, uh, about 8,000 beds are being used, nearly 8,000 beds are being used in the ICU ward. And this is a quite very high numbers of uh, cases. Um, therefore, Mr. Lopez, uh, Madam Lopez, the, uh, the Bogota mayor, decided that they are ready for any circumstances, any consequences, um, uh, what, what they call it as hospital collapse. Um, of course, there will be an additional of uh, ICU, uh, ICU bed and also uh, manpower for the health uh, to support the system. But again, uh, according to her, that this, uh, the hospital system, the health system in Bogota itself, they cannot hold quite long, you know, because of the demonstration and what's not that's happening around Colombia. Therefore, uh, they decided to um, to screen the demonstrate uh, the people who involved in the protest to screen first and to isolate them uh, earlier. That's how they manage uh, the situation in Colombia right now, especially in Bogota. Yeah. Um. Maybe I I should chat Norman first. Okay. Because it, it's his turn. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> I have asked Mr. Irwan the sec my second question. Yeah, this, 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 yeah. the situation uh, of the ICU. All right. Okay. Uh, let me repeat back because of um, the situation is very bad, especially in Bogota. And they describe the situation as uh, hospital collapse. Okay. So the they they admit that they are not ready for this however they trying their level best uh to 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 ensure that uh it it won't become worse than now because um the whole of colombia about what nearly eight thousand patients uh with covid 19 are in the icu okay so one of the steps taken by the uh, hospital is to isolate uh, people who infected with uh, COVID-19 from joining the uh, protest. That's the first stage, right? So that's, at the moment, that's what they can do. 
besides uh, additional uh, additional bag for the ICUs and also additional uh, manpower. Mm, Salsa, you there? Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, like, after um, Mr. Yuan explained about, about this, like, um, how's it, could you, like, explain, I mean, like, explain to me, like, you know, will you see, like, another, I mean, like, another power demonstration, like, compared to previous demonstrations before? Like, do you think, like, this will escalate to, you know, a new uprising or maybe, uh, you know, to the extent of having a coup, you know, oh. from your understanding okay. of the Colombian politics? Good question. Yeah. Actually, for your information, the Colombians are what we what we describe as a conflict fatigue. They had enough with conflicts because the conflicts there is already uh, for 50 years, you know. Uh, so literally, like the whole of their life, they are spent in conflicts. So they don't care anymore about conflicts. Okay. Uh, and they, they they don't care about any president that um, promise about peace and uh, prosperity in, in Colombia because all presidents are quite the same. For example, uh, um, Santos, President Santos was the first president was the president who actually initiated the peace uh, the current peace process in two thousand sixteen, and um, and the the. The peace process is continued by by the current president, President uh, Duque, but unfortunately, he because President Duque, if you go through his background, uh, he is the far right, you know, the far right. Therefore, he therefore he actually he was against the peace process. Okay, so when when he became the president, so most of the reform uh reform programs that uh the government government promised they didn't uh he actually he didn't follow up or he didn't initiate it at all so therefore it creates uh some uh what we call it um skirmish okay uh among the people uh and some Part of the majority of the Colombia actually they lose trust of the uh, of the uh, government institution because of this, right? Uh, the demonstration actually started in uh, 28 April, the current one, because of the uh, idea of tax reform. Uh, the tax reform actually uh, was was to to lower down the threshold of the people uh, who being taxed from I think from 1000 uh, to 650 dollar so it means that most of the people will will have to pay tax okay that's number one number two is about uh, putting tax on the staple or on the basic necessities like uh, eggs flour so they they put a VAT tax there okay and then uh, no exemption at all for 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 the taxpayer, so it creates unrest between the people. Since because um, most people are affected by the COVID nineteen because of uh, unemployment, 
and also the skyrocketing of uh, cost of living. So therefore, they, they protest about the tax reform. Um, President uh, Duque actually described this protest as low intense terrorism because he believed that um, the rebel group actually are behind this uh, this protest and it is subsidized by the drug cartel. No? Um, so, so he decided that, of course, this process is illegal and he decided that uh, at first he didn't want to bend down to all the all the demands from the protest. However, he changed his mind. So the the tax reform actually is being cancelled, right? But the protest is still there. Okay, the protest is still there because of um, the violent the violence committed by the police. Okay, up to today, there are like forty death cases of uh, protests. Okay, so and actually the 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 violence by the police committed by the police and security forces are being condemned by the NGO uh, Human Rights Watch around the world. Okay, so now the protest is all about to ask the government to disband the riot police, and number one. And number two, to bring uh, the security forces who committed the crime during the demonstration, the protest, uh, for justice, right? By an independent body, not by the by the court. Okay. Um, furthermore, uh, and current at first, this protest was uh, initiated by the trade union and students, but currently. It will be joined by the uh, indigenous uh, people, uh, Afro Afro Colombian, to, to say that uh, they didn't receive any protection from the government from the violence committed by the rebels. Okay, so even the politician, even the uh, what we call it, the political analyst there, they don't foresee that the protest will end. Uh, Perhaps it's another one or two months. Okay. Um, the irony is when they talk about uh, unemployment, when they talk about um, what we call it, uh, poverty during the protest, they actually set up blockade or roadblocks and it disrupt the supply chain, the fuel, the food, and it makes uh, all the small. Um, because small medium industry closed their shops and industry because of this protest. And um, the sad thing is, is they, uh, they do the vandalism. They burn the court also. So it's quite irony. For us, from, from, from my point of view, it's quite irony because in one side, they protest about uh, being, being left out in the economy, being poverty and also unemployed. But in the same time, they, they disrupt the economy that is going on, you know. So therefore, I don't think the protest will end soon. I see. Like, uh, so, so like since like you also mentioned about you know the Colombian peace process, would, can you like further elaborate on that? You know, so like the audience may know more about what is the Colombian peace process. Because 
Um, not many, not many people in. I mean, I, I would say like have actually really covered extensively about you know the, what is the Colombian peace process. So can you uh, further explain to us as well? Okay, um, Colombian conflict started in 1950s, um, led by uh, what we call it as uh, because against the the government during the time, and the Colombian conflict actually is look one of the longest conflict in the world. It spans about 50 years. Okay, it um, it displaced, displaced about 5 million people and also about 500 to 500,000 people there because of this conflict. Okay, it is, it is basically between uh, FARC, okay, what we call it as a uh, uh, a major rebel group in the Colombia and also the government. Okay, um, it's for for fifty years FARC they fight for uh, for the people because Colombia, as you know, is very the the situation the country is um, the the poverty is quite uh, the real poverty is quite high and there is a inequality between the people okay so um they were like i think they were like uh, five attempts on peace process before this but all actually uh didn't succeed because of spoilers when i talk about spoilers this is my research uh, topic is the the, the actors who actually spoil the peace process for their own benefit you know so even the government of colombia actually was one of the spoiler and at the, and in my research now uh i try to predict or forecast that uh even the president of colombia now is one of the spoiler also because actually he didn't want to uh to go forward to move forward uh the peace process okay because um he was uh, as I said, it was the right wing, and also uh, the one who really against the peace process. Okay, um, the peace process it was, uh, was signed in two thousand sixteen. Uh, it was like euphoria during that time, right? And if even President Santos re uh, received a Nobel Award for it. Okay. Um, but as time goes by, is as I said, the Colombians are conflict fatigue. Okay, they they don't care anymore, right? They don't care about the peace. They don't care about about uh what we call it their their safety. What they care now is about their how they want to survive from day to day, because uh, as I said, most of the people now, younger generation, they were born in in this displacement no, they don't have their own home they don't have their own identity so all their life has been spent in a conflict time okay that's why when the COVID-19 uh, came or uh, arrived at the Colombian shore uh, they don't care about the consequences what they care is about how they want to eat and how they want to survive that's all you know this is their mentality 
compared to different part of the world where we actually really scared of the pandemic, really scared of yeah, what if our family when we contracted uh, infected by the COVID nineteen? That's their their mentality there. That's why. That's why when whenever they have protests, they will all out go, even though the government actually imposed curfew until now because their curfew is between twelve midnight to five a.m. Okay, uh, but the people still go out to the street and join the protest because they think that livelihood is more important than uh, the COVID-19. Oh, wow, I see. It's quite um, interesting when you say about uh, the, the so-called, the Colombians uh, conflict fatigue. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like that word totally much. Um, like, okay, seemingly like, um, I mean, we have asked, uh, we have seen all those things happening. Uh, I'd like to hear from Salsa Bila. Do you have any questions that you'd like to ask uh, Mr. Irwan here, Salsa Bila? Yeah, uh, like what Mr. Irwan has Go said ahead. before. Yeah, I want to know more about the demonstration in Colombia. Although okay. the president has withdrawn the tax reform, mm -hmm. why is the demonstration still continuing for three weeks long? Yeah. Okay. Related. Uh, the root cause of uh, the demonstration is uh, number one is poverty, okay, because of uh, COVID nineteen alone, one point one point four people, one point four five million Colombians have fallen into poverty, you know, so that's number one. That's the main reason. Number two is unemployment rate unemployment rate in colombia at the moment is 15 percent and the government actually failed to provide uh, jobs uh for the people and of course total numbers of people who are under poverty line in colombia now is 3.6 million it's quite high okay and as i said the new addition to the demonstration is the afro-colombian people they, those people who live in the rural area, who their livelihood uh, being affected by the rebels uh, that really, and then they allege that the government actually failed to uh, give them protection that is the root cause. Um, the demonstration at first was uh, initiated or joined by the trade unions and the students, and now it involves uh, the indigenous people too. That's the root cause. And, and also, currently, they are demanding for the president and the government of Colombia to, to disband the riot police because of the death of 40 uh, protesters. Oh, I see. Um, any more further questions from Salsa Bila? If you would like to ask anything more, is there any follow-up, you know, before I move on to, because like, I do have some questions that actually i like to know more about about it, especially, uh, you know, pertaining to your research. But before that, Salsa Bila, can you go ahead? Uh, please explain what aspects that we're going to be affected by the increasing case number of COVID-19 and demonstration in Colombia. Well, uh, 
when you say um aspects right of course um it's about economy okay it's about economy because what they fight now what they what they protest now is about economy and the effect also is about economy okay um as a whole the colombia people will affected by uh inequality uh and poverty okay even they even if there there are no covid 19 even if there is no protest the people Colombia still affected by uh by poverty and unemployment because of actually the inequality disparity in income is quite high there okay um and this pandemic actually make it worse the situation so um the curfew actually when i talk about bogota because it started in bogota and cali and uh, spread it in other cities um the curfew in bogota will be lifted on the 8th june okay when the when the governor of uh, me of water realized that actually the young people of bogota they really looking forward to for employment and also uh food and they really don't care about the covid 19 okay therefore like malaysia it's very hard to balance between livelihood and also uh lives so we have to strike a really good balance between these two uh thing but in colombia because as i said you have the uh conflict fatigue now they have the pandemic fatigue so plus two they said okay they open uh they leave the curfew and then they let um the colombian or people to just carry on with their their normal life so um yeah um, Mr. Mr. Irwan, like, you know, after hearing from that as well, like, I mean, like, I'm quite, uh, since, like, previously you talked about, you know, the, the spoilers about the equilibrium peace process, you know, can you mm. tell me more about who are the spoilers, like, besides the government, you know, who are the spoilers actually, you know, involving it? And, I mean, like, I mean, this is a very, um, I would say, rash um, judgment, but I would say, like, um, do you think that because of this demonstration that this actually might... Um, end up, you know, destroying, I would say, dis or disrupt the whole Parliament peace process that was put up, you know, especially in 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, correct. So what is your opinion about that? And, but first things first, can okay, you explain a bit, go further about the spoilers, you know, who are they and anyway? okay. how do they even do it? Yeah. All right. Spoilers uh, basically is the actors who inside or outside of the peace process who actually benefited uh, from peace process uh, by derailing the peace uh, process. Um, so in Colombian peace process, the direct actors that involve uh, in the peace process are the Colombian government and also FARC. Okay. Um, the outside actors or parties are considered as drug cartel and um, refugees, uh displaced uh idps internet displaced uh, people uh and also some said like uh perhaps uh 
international communities like uh, for example uh, Venezuela and the women you know okay so um, why why the current peace process actually is very fragile because of um, because of the the what we call it the government of Colombia itself decided not to take serious on the reformation okay because the previous uh government they promised that there will be uh reformation especially in rural area in terms of land distribution uh employment you know uh so when the new government take over in 2018 so uh they decided not to follow through with like 50% of the uh, reformation plan because of uh, budget constraint. Okay. So therefore, I believe that um, uh, the situation in Colombia is still not stable because of budget constraint and plus the pandemic, you know, the COVID-19. Of course, most of the uh, programs uh, in the peace process has to be stopped for a while and in fact the vacuum left by the fuck rebels actually is being filled in by the drug cartels the organized crime uh and also uh what we call it some uh mercenaries you know they take over the the area that once controlled by the fuck and they impose their own rules and regulation there you know so when 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 one party left one actor left uh the conflict area and the vacuum there will be filled by another party so it is like going on you know it, it means it will never stop especially uh colombia is known as a cocaine you know, producer in the world so it's like a mind goal for some of the uh, organized crime and also uh, smugglers. I see. Okay. So like, um, I mean, like because of this demonstration still ongoing and you say like the Colombians are conflict fanatics. I mean, like fanatics about it. Mm -hmm. So um, I mean, like, um, do you think like? They're going to the extent of actually re-engaging with the FARC that that was stated by you previously. Uh, so if you love because the, that um, itself. FARC actually is already disbanded and re relabeled as a political party now. Okay, but uh, the ex fuck fighters, FARC fighters, um, who actually still believe in the ideology, they stay in the jungle and uh continue to to collaborate with other smaller rebels and groups uh to to take control of a certain area especially in the rural areas okay um engage with uh fuck is is i don't think it will happen because uh the fuck actually joined the election uh when once minute once it's established a political party that they lost okay at first they thought the people will support them okay unfortunately during the election they they lost 
they lost and they know that right now at the moment the people will be not on their side anymore okay so no point engaging fuck uh also rebels or other other what we call it other terrorists or uh, organized crime groups okay what we want now is uh to for the colombian government to fulfill its promises okay to do reformation reformation in terms of um, land distribution means giving back the land that that once taken by the original owners land owners um, give education and also to provide uh, employment okay uh when they accept the refugees from venezuela um when the when the crisis in venezuela erupted uh colombia accepted about almost 1 million refugees from venezuela and they are given access to health and also education okay uh therefore it create unease or tension between colombians and also the venezuelan uh, refugees and again this also contribute to uh instability of the political situation in colombia because they fight between uh the colombian and also the venezuelan refugees you know and it plus or add a burden to the government to provide the basic necessities for the Venezuelan refugees. So it's quite complicated and messy in Colombia right now. I see. Um, like since like I, I've, I've started to notice this trend of like, you know, um, the, the Colombians also engage with their own political instability. You have the Venezuelans, you know, engage yeah. their own political instability. So do you think like, it, this is like another Arab Spring, you know, where <laughs> each country will have its own connected connection with it. So, do you foresee like this actually might spill to the next country? who we'll say, you know, Peru or maybe oh, Bolivia, yeah. you know, or yeah. What do you this, think about that? This one thing about uh, interesting thing about Latin America, because for example, Colombia is the largest democracy in Latin America. You know, uh, they never fail to have uh, election. Um, even if the country is under attack or uh, uh, or not stable, particularly not stable because of the uh, insurgency, but they still uh, what we call it? They still hold an election every four to five years to elect a new president, a new government, and the spillover effect actually is term of I think in term of uh, economic and social, not political. Uh, in terms of social, if the the mobility of the refugees between the countries who affected by the conflict, and also the trespassing of the organized crime, the rebel group from one country or one state to another as well, but because they don't actually interfere with other uh, political drama or crisis, uh, domestic crisis with each other. Okay. In fact, um, for for the peace process between the government of Colombia and also the uh, the guarantor for the peace actually Chile, you know, Chile and even Venezuela actually 
was the one of the guarantor of the uh, peace process. They support the peace process because they know if if uh, if the if the peace process fail, and of course their country also affected by the uh, insurgency. All right. Okay. It's a it's a very interesting insight from you about that point of view because I personally thought you know that might spill off to the next country. But yeah, I I totally agree with you. But I think like salsa has like some some questions she likes to ask as well. So I'll let salsa go here with this. Salsa, you have anything you want to say about it? I believe she has something to tell. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, what is the citizen hope towards government? Uh, the main the main concern. Okay. <laughs> very easy um the government should introduce the universal basic income you know to to at least guarantee a minimum income for the people okay and also free education uh most of the students there um actually is looking forward to go to to schools to further their salary at college and universities but unfortunately because of uh lack of uh, income no money then uh they remain as uh, unemployed and also they didn't get a proper education and this actually contribute to the social problems in colombia easy money re dealing with drugs working with drug cartels supporting the organized crime is very easy money you know so in order to to curb the social problems um introduce the universal basic income and free education so i think with these two uh incentive or initiative i think the level of poverty and also uh it, uh those uh colombia who who re can receive education he can can raise and also the society as a whole will be benefit from these two initiatives provided that the government actually have money to support all these initiatives oh, i see all right so um salsa do you have anything else because i also have like a question I'd like to ask as well like i mean um, okay, if there is no, then I think I can ask that because, like, oh, I should yeah. like to, yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right, so, 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 yeah, um, I mean, like, so what do you foresee in this current situation? Like, do you think the government will come to a common ground with, I mean, like, with what you've said as well? Okay. Or do you think the government would just be as what they used to do <laughs> by not, you know, by neglecting the, you know, the citizens of Colombia itself? What do you think about it? What do you foresee? Okay. Um, the government at this particular moment is having a negotiation with the National uh, Strike Committee. Those an umbrella group who actually who organize the demonstration and protest. Okay. And again, because the term of the current president is going to end next uh, year, to 22, so there is a 50 50 chances of him actually to to accept the proposal uh to to re uh, or to just simply 
ignore all the demands okay so because he's not as um doesn't bow to any demand from protester or even terrorist group or even from rebels group you know so for colombian people to get whatever they want for example uh uh what we call it uh employment you know uh free education is very is impossible okay perhaps what he he can do to repair the relationship or the perception of people is number one to accept the demand of to disband the riot police that's the first thing he should do okay because this is the 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 what we call the the major demand okay from the protester once he 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 if he can disband this right group is can consider as a confidence uh builder you know he can win the trust of the people at least some perhaps 20 percent of trust and then they can move forwards they can think about other information other plan other plan and then they can move forward with it so the first thing you should do is to disband the right uh police and also the bring the security forces who involve uh in the violence uh and sentence them to jail or punish them that's the first thing that he should do as a confidence building uh initiative or to let the colombian people to trust him back to win the trust i see i'm all right it's a very interesting talk with you as uh, Mr. Irwan, like, I mean, like, we we from Global Amateurs have not really covered much about Latin America side. Um, I personally am a fan of Argentina, <laughs> so I don't okay. really have no prior experience. <laughs> no, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps, okay, perhaps next topic you can uh, do is the peace process itself. Because peace process itself is a very, very interesting topic and it can you can relate with uh, African uh a conflict and any conflict in the world even in the south asian conflict you know peace process uh, is quite interesting topic itself i see and i guess we hope to do that as well with you because like i'm very interested with this and i think we can work you know more to this but simply the time is already i know running out for yeah. <laughs> From what we have scheduled so yeah so i think it ends here but before that i just like to thank you very much uh, mr Irwan, yeah. for joining us <laughs> despite it being quite late and i having internet issues so i just like to uh, thank you very much uh, mr Irwan, for joining us yeah. and also uh thank you very much for the audience out there joining us today as well okay. um i know it's been Quite a long topic, but it's I think very insightful topic and very interesting to tell about and a good suggestion by Mr. Ewing. So mm -hmm. I just say thank you very much. Um, uh, yeah. Thank you very much, Mr. Ewan. Um, yeah. thank, thank you very much also. Uh, before we end, um should I tell anything out there um to I mean from Mr. Ewan, should I tell anybody out, you know, what 
<laughs> about when you do research about you know, Latin America and then <laughs> tell them about <laughs> Well, Latin America is not about football, Brazil, Argentina, you know. Uh, Copa America is coming up, I know. Uh, but um, the, 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 the continent itself, the region itself is very interesting. And they are very less research on that particular in this particular region i myself even one of the obstacles because most of the research are in spanish or latin you know it's very hard to find in english even the uh the peace process document uh is in english uh, in in spanish you no know? so there's a main main obstacles uh, but it's once you get hold of the beauty of uh, Latin America, the political situation, because you have left uh, wing government, you have right wing government, you have centered government, all centered there, you know. And then, of course, uh, you had the Chi Guevara, you know, <laughs> the famous Chi. Uh, so it's all revolutions, it's all started in Latin America. So this day it is a uh, a region where where i encourage you guys to to do research on i see all right thank you very much mr Iwan, once again uh, thank right. you very much also for the question as well but uh thank you so much uh,